0: Her mind was a misty fog that crept along the rolling hills. She had forgotten who she was. She found her lips pressed against another's as her mind wandered to how perfect his body felt against hers. She nipped playfully at his bare shoulder as he pulled her close. He smelled so good. How had she gotten here? So, so good. His scent was intoxicating, like the alluring scent of roasted meat on an open flame. Her jaw snapped open revealing rows of razor-sharp teeth. Extending further and further out, her jaw clamped around his collarbone as she crushed him against her. Her teeth sliced through his bones like butter, his screams music to her ears. Finally, she remembered who she was. Welcome back, my lovelies, to part two of our story. So good to have you again. As you know, my name is Helen, and you'll be glad to know that I'll be joining you this evening once more for our scary story episode. You know, it's been quite some time since I've been able to enjoy the company of, uh, shall we say, this spirited individuals. Our flash fiction story was titled Forgotten and written by Miss Gray. Don't you worry yourselves now. Miss Gray will be back to our normal podcast faster than you can say, witchy wondrous Helen the Great. Oh yes, I quite like that. It has a ring to it. Oh, excuse me, dears. Get the fuck off my lawn, you little shits. 2023. And people are still caroling like it's 1893. Bah! How absolutely ridiculous. What a sh**t holiday. Halloween came and went so fast, and what with scaring the locals into oblivion and barely fenced-in turkeys to stare and gobble menacingly at the locals for eating their brethren. Oh, why, yes, I have been a busy girl. Oh, for heaven's sake, if those little shits are back again, I swear I- Hi, Auntie, I'm back. How did everything go? Sorry for the extended stay, I didn't realize that I really needed it. Why, whatever do you mean, dear? You're early. I thought you weren't coming until the weekend after Thanksgiving. Oh, well, yes, Auntie, it's actually a few days after that now. I'm a little late, I'm afraid. December? Oh, dear girl, I am so, so sorry. I'm afraid I've been late in releasing the new show. I've had quite an earful from the Hendersons next door, so yeah, I know you've been a bit busy, but Auntie Helen, don't you worry about that? okay? You're doing me a favor. Here, you know what? We can finish it together. How does that sound? Oh, Helen, you old fool. You're losing your touch after all these years. My goodness, I'm so embarrassed. Well, I suppose now that you're here, shall we start this episode? Of course. I'm sure our listeners have been long overdue for a good creepy continuation of our tale. Perfect. Now, where were we? Ah, yes. We find ourselves continuing on our journey as our narrator begins to discover the horrifying truth behind the West Woods. A dark past, a parent's warning, and a friend determined to have a little spooky fun as they near all Hallow's Eve. Ah, <laughs> youth. My favorite times had to have been in my early thirties in the 18... <clears throat> Um, I mean, 1980s, yes. Yes, Auntie, 1980s. Of course it would have been in the 20th century. I mean, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> um, anyway... Onward to join our two adventurous youths as they a- fool venture into... The West Woods. Amy stopped mid-sentence and arched a finely manicured brow at my interruption. What? she asked. Getting too real for you? I ignored her taunt. Okay, well, yeah, it's obviously messed up, but that's not what I was going to ask. Okay. So, like, most reports or interviews are very factual, right? Amy shrugged. I don't know. I've never read one. Okay, a reporter might fluff the piece for television or write a story online. But this is in evidence, not reports. So, going to enlighten me? This is written like a story. During an interview, they would take only facts or explain beforehand in a recording. Time, date, whatever. Amy nods. Okay, I think I follow. Look at you, junior detective. I crack a smile but shake my head. I really don't know a lot. Only reason I do is my dad's brother is a detective. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You're right, it's definitely odd. Did they find someone that was writing the story? I furrowed my brow and shrugged. I'm not sure was there anything else in the file that might help? You mean the part that you wouldn't let me get to? I shoved her. Alright, I'm listening. What's up? She scanned down the page on her phone until she found the part where we left off. Even with the stories that were circulating around about the haunted woods or sightings of demons, Many people volunteering were willing to brave it for 10 grand up front and a promise of $250,000 if they found him. Amy's eyes grew wide. Holy shit, that is a lot now. Could you imagine what that would have been like 22 years ago? I was shocked too. I mean, damn. These people must have been loaded. Amy nodded and we went back to the story. That number dwindled, however, as more and more people began dying in horrible ways. The people that did come out were never the same. After several weeks that turned into months, the news channels began warning people not to go into the woods. As Dozens of search party members came up missing or found mutilated beyond recognition. The coroner's office had to identify several people by their dental records, or DNA. It was as if the flesh had been ripped in one clean motion from their bodies. But that wasn't even the worst of it. The muscles had been completely separated from the bones. A congealed mess was all that was left of their insides, as if they had been boiled. Okay, I said weakly. I I think we get it. Amy looked up at me. Oh, sorry, I got caught up in the details. This shit is sick, man. I fought back the wave of nausea and smiled shyly at her. I can never be a surgeon. She poked my rib. Or EMT, dentist, coroner, vet. Yeah, yeah, I say. I think this proves my point. Seriously, this sounds like shit you don't fuck around with. She's barely listening to me as she scans the story. Holy shit Trav, check this out! She flips the phone toward me. It takes a second for my eyes to adjust to the bright screen, but when they do, my jaw drops. My parents' faces stare blankly ahead as they are being taken to an ambulance. My mom's jeans and t-shirt were covered in blood, and she was missing one of her shoes. Her neck and jaw are splattered with flecks of blood. My dad is soaked in what looks like mud from the waist down. Amy giggles and points at my dad's pants. Dude, did your dad shit himself? Despite the grim picture, I break into a grin. This isn't funny, Amy. Then why are you laughing, doofus? I roll my eyes. Anyway, yeah, my parents weren't exaggerating. She sets down her phone and looks at me. About what? I sigh but answer. My mom said that they'd been there and that it was so much worse than people thought. Her eyes grew large. Wait, what? Did they tell you what happened? I shook my head. No. Mom told me that she didn't want me to know the truth and that I should, quote, unquote, stay a kid. Amy grew silent and looked at the picture. Yeah. Then she sat up straight. Whoa. What is it? I asked. So apparently your parents were the last known survivor of the woods. There's an article here. She skims through a few paragraphs and then reads out loud. John and Evelyn Woodrow were the last known survivor of the West Woods this past Friday night in Huntington County. Officials said that the blood that covered Evelyn's body contained trace amounts of DNA from Nicholas Yarborough, the young man that has been missing for several months. The two were immediately taken into custody and questioned about Nicholas Yarborough's whereabouts. However, they were released Monday afternoon when their story was confirmed by Lake Highlands Police Department. The young man's body was finally recovered early Sunday morning at 3:45 a.m. Travis, they found him. Okay, So, less than half a mile from the Marsh Lane entrance into the Westwood Park. Authorities are baffled by the young man's sudden appearance after all this time in an area that someone should have spotted him much sooner than they did. The coroner's office later found that the boy had in fact not moved from this spot. For several months, and is sure this is where Nick Yarborough had taken his last breath. Details of how the young man passed away are yet to be released to the public. However, Police Chief Ryan Davis will be holding a press conference tomorrow afternoon. But the burning question on everyone's mind is if it is in fact true? That the boy was in plain sight for all of these months? How had no one spotted him? Damn dude, your parents are serial killers. I frown and shook my head. Seriously not funny. They said trace amounts of Nick's blood. That probably means mom had checked to see if he was still alive. And serial killer means they would have murdered several people, not just one. Amy frowned. It was just a joke. Damn. Also, she was covered in blood. Amy scrolled up to the picture again. I looked it over and shrugged. I mean, it was probably her blood if they let both of my parents go. Amy shook her head all oh, really it doesn't make sense. It's like they just glossed over any possible injuries your parents had. Besides, they did find several bodies, remember? Yeah, maybe they were more respectful of people's privacy back then. If the police suspected my parents had anything to do with what happened out there, they wouldn't have let my parents go. My words had come out more harsh than I intended, but Amy was seriously starting to piss me off. Obviously no one had thought mom or dad had anything to do with it, considering how kind everyone was toward my family and the fact that we still lived in this town. Her voice came out so quietly that I couldn't hear a word. What did you say? I asked. Her lips pressed into a line and she shook her head. No, Amy, I wasn't being rude. I really can't hear you. She bit down on her lip and fidgeted with her hands. Her eyes wouldn't meet mine, and I was beginning to think she wasn't going to say anything. When finally, she did. Sorry. That wasn't cool. I immediately felt guilty even though I hadn't done anything wrong. No, it's fine. I (sighs) just… Look, my parents mean a lot to me and I know they aren't perfect, but I know they wouldn't do something like that. Amy smiled at me. Yeah, for sure. She put the phone in her pocket and tucked a dark strand of hair behind her ear. I could tell something was on her mind, but she seemed really hesitant to talk about it. I learned a long time ago not to press an answer out of her and just let her work up to talking about it. So what do you want to do now? I glanced at my watch and frowned. Damn, we'd been distracted for the better part of two hours. I think we can still catch the haunted house. Mary Waits doesn't set up for another hour, so we could probably get through it in time. Who's Mary Waits? Is that their name? The band? I nodded and then said, yup, really awesome group that constantly changes their style. Their lead guitarist, Trevor Saints, has been playing since he was a kid Dude has done so many collabs, it's insane. Amy smiled. Why the name? I grinned at her. See, that's the thing. There's been a ton of mystery around that. They won't tell anyone why. Here recently, Anne Hendricks, their vocalist, has been trolling interviews with a different story every time. Sounds like my kind of band. Dude, you're going to love them. I still can't believe they're in town. But yeah, we'll do that and then for sure check out the corn maze. Amy rolled her eyes at me and then punched my shoulder. Seriously? That shit's for kids. I wouldn't mind the haunted house though. I shrugged at her. Hey, knock the corn maze all you want, but I'm definitely going in, no matter the percentage of lameness involved. And I grinned wickedly. I'm going to pick out some badass pumpkins for our front yard. She groaned, and I knew that meant I had won. Then she got a look I knew all too well. Okay, she said. But if we go to your dumbass bullshit, then we have to do mine afterward. What? Destroying another bowl of ramen? Tempting, but nah. Seriously, like, you don't want to see what's in the woods? I felt all of the color drain from my face. Amy, did you not just hear what you were reading to me? What part of... No one came out alive, and the ones that did were never the same, wasn't clear. She had a look so intense that I started feeling uncomfortable under their gaze. Yes, but have you heard of anyone else going in and dying since then? I thought about it and shook my head. No, but... That's because they fenced it off ages ago. She rolled her eyes. You're telling me that people haven't climbed the fence since the early 2000s? She did have a point. Yeah, that tracks, I said. Amy was downright giddy. Yes, finally. Let's have a real fright night. I pulled out my phone and frowned. There was no way we would be able to do all of that tonight. Listen, Amy... Yeah, I know, she interrupted. It's pretty late to do everything tonight. Tell you what, let's check it out on the best night of the year. She winked at me. Like... Halloween? I asked. Yes, Doofus, Halloween. I shifted suddenly feeling very uncomfortable in my skin. We usually carve pumpkins, um, watch scary movies, and eat candy until we feel like we're going to pop. Trav, come on, seriously? When are you going to live a little? For once, just color outside of the lines. Uh, I do color outside of the lines. Everyone does. Ever draw on a sun? Or grass? Or the sky? I drew on my parents' walls. Bad analogy, idiot. We both laughed so hard, tears streamed down our face as we hugged our sides. Okay, yeah, shit, you got me. But seriously? We can do all that stuff earlier in the day and then go after. How many hours of movies and candy can you take?" I raised an eyebrow at her. Uh, hi. My name is Travis, and apparently Amy is not my best friend, and definitely doesn't understand me. Dude, aside from games and studying, that's pretty much all I do. Okay, yes, fine. But quit being a pussy and just come with me. My jaw dropped in mock offense. Amy Madison DuBois, that is offensive to you and me both. Exactly, it's offensive how much of a pussy you are. Anyway, let's actually do what we set out to do since like a million years ago. She grinned and we walked toward the haunted house. We heard a bell at the town square and I found myself listening to each chime. It was so cool that the town decided to use it again for the week of Halloween. It only sounded at night after 7 and stopped at midnight during the week. It really had been so long since I had been excited over a holiday. I expected the bell to end after 9 chimes, but it didn't. Okay, no worries. Maybe it was just a little later than I thought. After the tenth chime, I was sure it was over, but it sounded again. I looked at Amy, and she had the same confused expression on her face. Is the clock wrong? I asked. She shrugged her shoulders and pulled out her phone. Holy shit, it really is 11. Panic rose in the pit of my stomach as I heard the band start to play. I cursed and hauled ass over to the stage. Hey, Travis, wait up. I was so glad I hadn't missed the show. These guys knew how to rock. The line to the haunted house took over 30 minutes, but thankfully, we still had time before they stopped allowing people in. My body shivered with anticipation as we stepped up to the entrance. In front of the door stood a man slightly taller than me with blonde hair, blue eyes, and an attitude to match the words, Go Away, on his hoodie. His voice came out flat and disinterested. How many? Uh, two. Amy stuttered. Her face flushed slightly, and I could tell right away she was in to the door guy. Deciding to be a badass wingman, I searched his hands for a ring and didn't spot any. I smiled and winked at him, adding, Unless, of course, you wanna join us. The guy actually cracked a bit of a smile. Her maybe. You? You can work my shift if you like. Amy loosened up a bit and smiled. Oh? Well, tonight... I'm going in with my bud, but I'll take you up on that offer later. He shrugged. Sure, I'm off on Sunday. He rolled right into his warnings about not punching the actors, staying on the path, which will know where to go, no drinking or smoking or going back in areas with employees, yada yada. But after going through his necessary speech... He smiled at Amy, adding, You know, this isn't like other haunted houses. I promise you will scream, little lady. But remember, the exits will be clearly marked. And you are welcome to leave at any time. Amy's voice was dripping with amusement. Dude, this is kid stuff. I turn 18 in two weeks. His face suddenly looked very grave. We have had less than a handful of grown ass people make it to the top tonight. But tell you what, if you do manage to make it to the last area, there's a surprise waiting for you at the end. Amy smiled. Is it a bag of candy? The man shook his head and chuckled as he opened the door. Wouldn't be much of a surprise if I told you. She groaned and stepped into the dark hallway as I closely followed. Before he closed the door, the man added, Sunday, 7 o'clock? Reggie's? Amy did a thumbs up and then he pulled the door closed. I immediately teased her. Who's the best wingman? This guy. You're welcome. Amy grinned back at me. Yeah, you're alright, I guess. As we rounded the first corner, I asked, So, what do you think about what he said? Duh. He obviously wants us to freak ourselves out. There is no way that only a handful of people made it to the top. Yeah, I agreed, you're probably right, some bullshit line he tells everyone. That was fucking sick, Amy said. She sounded like a kid again. It was infectious and I couldn't help but grin at her. It really was. I couldn't believe the production quality in that place. Damn. No wonder it was $80 a person. The owner must have spent a few million. At least, Amy said. We were both buzzing as we got onto the highway. The theme changed on each floor, and the actors were really into their roles. Most haunted houses I'd been to weren't worth the drive and really lame. It was the same jump scare BS with the same graveyard or mad scientist and some guy with a chainsaw chasing you at the end. This place entertained you with a show partway through and even had suspended people above you waiting to scare the ever-loving shit out of your group. This place was less than a 10-minute drive and I couldn't wait until next year's show. I might even go again this year. It was that good. We found out what the guy was talking about once we got to the last room. The ceiling lowered and basically forced us to crawl around in the dark to find our way out. People that had claustrophobia probably had a shit fit. The prize that was at the end was actually better than I thought it would be. We got a couple of hoodies, tickets for free coffee, and hot cocoa from Cozy's downtown. Which, if you knew the cost of an average Cozy's cup of joe was the equivalent of a full gas tank, you'd understand my excitement. And on top of that, we got a $20 gift card. By the time we pulled into my driveway, I was having trouble keeping my eyes open. All the adrenaline had died down, and I just wanted to curl up in my bed. Hey, you need to crash at my place, or you good to drive. She winked at me. I'll be fine. It's less than 15 minutes away. I think I can manage. All right, I said. You want me to grab a Coke or something? Her eyes lit up. Actually, yeah. I quickly ran inside, grabbed the Coke, and then went back out to the car. She popped it open right away and took a huge gulp. Ah, Sustenance, she said. I sighed. I swear, you are like half hummingbird. If I drank soda like you, I would weigh a million pounds. She eyed me up and down. I find that hard to believe. She reached over and poked at my thighs. (laughs) Look at these chicken legs. Rude, I said, rolling my eyes. Anyway, look, don't drive like... Well, you. And I'll see you at school Monday? Uh, now who's being rude? Amy said. She pulled onto the road and waved and sped away. The brakes squeaked as we finally found a parking spot just before the exit gate. Thank God for small miracles. The other parking lot? would have been a five or so minute walk, which doesn't sound bad to most people, but these people clearly live nowhere near upstate New York. Even the short walk up to the park entrance had Amy and me shivering so hard you could hear our teeth chatter. We shuffled nervously into the old style cabin sitting in front of the maze. It looked run-down but clean, with shabby furniture. The warmth from the crackling fire felt amazing. This year's Halloween was even colder than last year. Amy looked around. Hey, not too bad. If they're trying to scare us with outdated decor, they got it down pat. As we rubbed our hands together near the fireplace, I leaned into Amy's shoulder and asked, So? She looked at me and furrowed her brow. What? she asked. I sighed. The date? How did the date go with Haunted House Guy? She chuckled. Oh yeah, that. I waited for her to say something else but she didn't. I shoved at her playfully. Amy, come on. It couldn't have been that bad. How'd it go? Something crashed behind us and we both jumped. Laying on the ground was part of a splintered shelf and its busted contents. Yo, that shit doesn't look like it was supposed to happen, Amy said. It wasn't. Amy and I spun around to the direction of the voice. The man standing in the room was definitely over six feet tall with a long, spindly body. His pale gray skin reminded me of ghouls I had seen in macabre paintings. His hair was long and white, framing his slight figure in the warm glow. His silver eyes remained fixed on us as he crossed the room. His lantern clicked as he set it on the table. Why are you kids here tonight? Me and Amy looked at each other and then at him. To check out the haunted maze and have fun? Isn't that what everyone comes here for? He scoffed and slowly sat down on the rocking chair fun, is it? I know why you're here. I mean, why are you here tonight? It's all Hallow's Eve. Amy rolled her eyes. Because it's Halloween? Jesus, if this is how it's going to be, I'll just wait here until you're done, Travis. If looks could kill, Amy would be dead on the spot. The man stood suddenly and crossed the room in two strides. Do not mock me, girl. You and your friend trespass on my property, anger the spirits, and then have the gall to mock my words. I took a step toward him. Sorry, sir. We didn't mean to offend. But... What do you mean, trespass? Are we on the wrong part of the maze? I frowned and glanced outside. I thought this was the entrance. A knot of dread formed in the pit of my stomach as I slowly walked to the large glass window. Are we facing a different part of the parking lot? He cast a wary glance toward me and then said the woods only allow those that want to be here be here or I turned toward him again a debt is owed to them he nodded toward the woods Amy looked at my face and then to where we were looking the man groaned as he eased himself back down on his chair you're here now, boy, which means you must find your own way out. It is unfortunate that you both are in grave danger. Amy scoffed. Okay, Professor Trelawney. The man shook his head and pointed a finger at Amy. You're beyond hope, but your friend here, he pointed over at me might actually survive the trial before you. What trials? Seriously, this keeps sounding more and more like a Harry Potter movie plot. She stomped over to the door and flung it open. Amy pointed outside. See, it's probably just an illusion or we're turned in a way that looks different. Her words trailed off as we were all greeted by nothing but the moonlit rolling hills and miles of dense woods all around us. We both were shocked into silence, staring at what clearly wasn't the gate to the main roads. Because there weren't any roads. What the actual fuck, Amy whispered mirroring my thoughts exactly. I walked over and sat down in the chair next to where the man was sitting. My hands were shaking so bad, I didn't know what to do with them. Okay, Mr. Tree. he answered. I nodded. Mr. Tree. why would we be in grave danger? And... what do you mean by... I hesitated a moment, swallowing thickly as the reality of my situation began to sink in. Who are... they? The man pointed toward the fallen shelf. Well, for one, that is a bad omen. I looked over at the broken bits and then back toward him. What does it mean? I asked. Amy paced the room as we spoke, looking through the windows, and then over at the open door. She muttered to herself and then stepped outside. Means that one of you is touched by a curse so strong that even God can't help you. And don't worry yourself over your friend. She'll be fine as long as she stays within four acres of my property." I didn't like that I couldn't see her, but Mr. Dotrieve's calm demeanor relaxed me. As much as I dislike the girl, she doesn't take anyone's word for it, which means, and it pains me to say it, she's very clever. Despite the horror of our situation, I couldn't help myself and began to laugh. The corner of his mouth drew up for a moment, but then quickly fell. He pointed to the shattered pieces laying on the ground. That was a crucifix made of hardened wood and silver. Amy finally returned and pulled the door closed. She immediately began to slide her hands over surfaces. What the hell was she even doing? I turned my attention back to him. His eyes were hypnotic, and I couldn't help but stare into them. They weren't contacts. I think his actual eye color was silver. Who do you think is cursed? I asked. He shook his head. Not how this sort of thing works. Are you familiar with the old tales of All Hallows Eve? I shrugged. All I remember was that people originally built large bonfires and wore costumes as a way to ward off spirits. Uh, I think it was the Celts? The man nodded his head. Well, now... You know a little more than you let on, boy. Yes, indeed. It was originally observed by the ancient Celtic tribes on the pagan holiday, Samhain. It marked the end of summer and the night before the new year. That meant that the cold, dark winter would soon begin. He leaned in toward me and smiled. Winter meant the crops would die, and many would lose their lives before its end. It was believed that the veil between the living and the dead were lifted, and the creatures were free to wander the night. I nodded and crossed my arms, And the other thing? I asked. Mr. Dotreeve's eyes were filled with a deep sadness. The other reason that you are here means that you won't leave until they let you. He leaned back and then pushed himself up and out of the chair. His long fingers wrapped around the handle of the lantern and it rattled slightly as he stood. Amy knocked on the wall, pressing her face to it. He sighed and turned in her direction. Could you please stop touching my things? Come on, let's go. Amy placed her hands on her hips and shook her head. Go where? Where the fuck are we? The man said nothing as he kicked up a rug in the center of the room. He reached down and pulled open a large cellar door. "Uh Uh-uh, Amy said. Hell no, I'm done with this. I am not going down there. Come on, Trav, let's go outside and look around. And then do what? Wander in the cold for hours and eventually die from hypothermia? Oh... You'll die from much worse things than that, I'm afraid. I turned toward Mr. Dotreeve and frowned. Shut up, asshole! You're enjoying this, aren't you? Scaring the shit out of us. I quickly stepped between the two of them. Amy, chill. We're here now, so let's just figure this out together. It wasn't until the man started descending the stairs... That I caught the look on Amy's face. She wasn't being an ass. She was petrified. Hey, you okay? I mean, other than the obvious fucked upness of this situation. She laughed and shook her head. It wasn't a normal laugh. It was a, I can't believe this is actually happening sort of sound. I thought this guy was joking or, you know, screwing with us, but we really are in the middle of nowhere. I nodded and sighed. Come on, Ames. There is literally nothing else we can do, and he's the only one that can help. She looked down and then looked at me. I know, I'm fine. Just ready to get out of here. I nodded. Alright, let's go, okay? The man stood at the bottom of the stairs, the light illuminating him in an eerie glow. Alright now, stay close and don't dawdle. We followed him down a long hallway, lined with lights every ten feet. It felt damp, like... We really were underground. Fog began creeping along the floor as we spilled out into the main area. After a few moments, I broke the silence. So, where are we going? Could you at least tell us where we are? Mr. Dotree paused, but his back remained to us. You are in the heart of the West Woods." Amy gasped. Wait, what, seriously? I was going to ask another question, but he quickly walked away. Amy could hardly contain her excitement. Holy shit, this is awesome. I can't believe I'm actually going to see it. I looked at her and shook my head. "Really?" Because my first thought is, we're going to die. But, hey, you do you, I guess. She was grinning and picked up the pace. Definitely was not listening to me. By the time we finally caught up with him, we were completely out of breath. We spilled into a damp, open area. It was larger than I thought here. How... In the blue hell, did you get here so fast? Amy asked between breaths. The man raised an eyebrow at her. You know, I would kill to have some of your youth. And somehow, I've managed to get here first. Seems like someone has spent. Too much time on her phone? I laughed and Amy shot me a death glare. Hey, don't get angry at things that are technically true. I mean, I probably couldn't even run a mile. I'm just winded from a few hallways. The man looked at me for a moment before hanging his lantern in the center of the room. His face had become slightly more youthful. I was sure of it. I squinted at his face in the soft light, but it was impossible to tell. Maybe I had just been seeing things. Mr. Dotrieve turned and gestured toward two entrances looming in front of us. This is where I will take my leave, he said. He pointed to the left. Y'all be going that way. Mr. Dotrieve, I said dreading my next words. So, when you said them, you meant... His nostrils flared as his eyes grew wide from anger. The cult? He spat angrily. Go on. Say it. I was completely thrown by his outburst. I... I'm sorry... Did I say something wrong? He took a deep breath. No, 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 child. Y'all generation couldn't possibly know the suffering our people have gone through. His... family? And then I saw it. The odd hair color. The pale skin. Odd, old fashioned speech. It was so painfully apparent, I felt stupid for not realizing it sooner. He cleared his throat and continued, I apologize for my temper. I've gotten jaded over the years of harsh words and false judgment on our family. Now, some of us have sense, an aunt, murderous, but many of our kin do not. Amy shifted and gripped her arms in a tight hug. So, what's on the right? She asked. The man tilted toward the hall and then back to her. You're undoing, I suspect. He turned back toward the way he came in, and then called softly over his shoulder. You might want to actually listen for once, girl. Good luck to you both. We watched as his form slowly disappeared into the darkness. A soft growl sounded to our right. I took that as our cue, and immediately hauled ass toward the left. Hey, wait up, Amy called. I spun toward her and shook my head. "Uh Uh-uh. No way. You won't talk me into it and I am going down this side, with or without you. Her eyes went wide. Oh, wow, okay. I wasn't disagreeing with you there, jackass. I just didn't want to be alone. Shit. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm just used to being the voice of reason. Okay, you know what? I'm going to shut my mouth now. Let's get through this together. Amy chuckled, agreed. It was really hard to see, but what was most unnerving was the fact that the space was unnaturally quiet. All I could hear was our shoes stepping across the concrete floors. Every step felt louder than the last. We had been walking for at least 20 minutes, if not longer. Amy suddenly stopped and I bumped into her. Ow! What the hell? Shh! She said, cutting me off. I listened for a few heartbeats when I heard it, a distinct, tapping on the wall next to us, and then it stopped, we sat still for a moment, waiting to hear anything else, but it had passed as quickly as it had come, we walked deeper into the tunnel, unnerved by the steady tapping from behind the walls, it was so dark, I could barely make out Amy's outline. Holy shit, man. I can't see anything. Way to state the obvious, Amy whispered. I rolled my eyes, but put my hand on her shoulders. I mean darker. It was dark when we started, but I can hardly see anything anymore. Amy paused again, The tapping, like before, came to a halt when we did. Does the room feel smaller to you? She asked. I mean, we did go into a hallway, so technically, yeah, it would be smaller than the main room. Don't be an ass, Amy said. I mean it. It really feels like it's getting smaller. I reached out my hand, but didn't touch anything. It's probably just an optical illusion. I can't touch the wall. Maybe we're on an incline. That seemed to calm her, and we continued walking forward. That's when I heard it again. Amy cursed and then said, Alright, seriously, what The fuck is that? I shook my head but realized she couldn't see me. No clue, but it's starting to freak me out too. Let's just get the hell out of here. We walked for maybe another 10 minutes before the echo sounded too close for comfort. We must have realized it at the same time because Amy stopped exactly when I did. I felt her arm stretch out as she took a few steps to our right. I did the same, reaching out into the darkness. This time, my heart leaped into my throat. A solid stone wall rested beneath my hands. Okay, I said softly. The walls are definitely closing in. Amy laughed nervously. (laughs) Told you. Should we maybe go back? We might have gone the wrong way, I offered. Amy turned around. I couldn't see her face, but I knew she was facing me. I don't know. Maybe we did just go straight forward. There could have been a side door or a path that we missed. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, I agreed. Let's go back. The noise started again, but to our relief, the walls didn't seem to be getting any closer. But it still begged the question, if the walls weren't closing in, what was? We fumbled our way through the dark. Our shoes and the tapping, the only noises keeping us company. After only a few moments, I cried out as I smashed into a wall. Ouch! God damn it! Why did you stop? Amy yelled. She took a step back after she ran into me, cursing about her foot and head. Warm liquid spilled down my face as I reached out to see what it was I had run into. I frowned as my hand touched against solid stone. I swiped at my forehead with my sleeve and turned around. Uh, Amy? What? She snapped. We got a problem. She walked over to me. What kind of a problem? I reached in the direction of her body and found her hand. Come here. I placed her hand on the wall in front of me. This kind of a problem. Amy gasped as she ran her hand along the rough, rocky surface. No. No fucking way. So, the tapping noise was doing something. My mind raced as I began piecing it together. Okay, so... That tapping was obviously something that we should have been paying attention to. I reached out and breathed a sigh of relief. At least the walls haven't moved anymore. What? Amy snapped. I said at least the walls haven't moved anymore. Oh, okay, well, at least the walls aren't moving in on us. She slapped the wall and spun around. Her quick steps let me know that she was going back the way we were going before. Hey, wait up. The tapping immediately started back up, and I froze. I was hoping that it would stop, but it didn't. Shit. Amy. She kept walking away, so I screamed louder. Amy! Stop! This time, she listened. What? She yelled. The moment you started going the other way, the wall moved forward. I lowered my voice and walked toward her. To my surprise, the clicking didn't happen. I sat down and Amy joined me. She took a deep breath and let it all out. What now? I don't know, Ames. Let's just think about this for a sec. At least we know if we sit still it won't move. We both sit in silence for a moment and then she says, so when I walked away from you and we separated, it started moving. But as you walked over to me, it didn't start back up. Meaning we have to stick together. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too, I said. But if we started walking back, what if the sidewalls started closing in again from where we are now? I could hear the panic in her voice starting to mount as she continued. I don't even know how far back we went, and they were already less than six feet from us when we started back this way. Did you happen to notice the rate of movement? Like, how fast they were closing? I thought back to it and racked my brain. From the time you noticed it until we walked, say... I paused for a moment, trying to best gauge when we were able to touch the walls. What do you think? I don't know, maybe like a thousand feet or less? She sighed. Measurements we can understand, please, professor. Roughly a quarter mile, I said. Oof, that is not a lot of time. Jesus, please let it not start the moment we walk the other way. The clicking did, in fact, stop as we walked together. We kept pace with each other, but ran our hands along the wall. "'Anything on your end?' I asked. "'Not a damn thing, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess you haven't either.' I responded with a sigh. "'Yep,' Amy said. "'Thought so.' "'Shit. I have no idea how far we are from the spot we turned around.' Her voice sounded calm, but under it, I could tell there was a tide of emotions. To be honest, I don't know. I can't focus on anything but wanting to get out of here. Sorry, Amy. Don't apologize for things that you can't help. This isn't your fault. The walls hit a familiar point and we both slowed to a crawl, wary of when the clicking would start again. Amy's breath quickened as we closed the gap between us. Not now, I silently pleaded. We don't have an inhaler. It wasn't until now that the fact hit me like a ton of bricks. What if we have to run? What if she panics? I didn't want to bring that to her attention in case she started to freak out and spiral into a panic attack. Every step felt like a nightmare. When would it start? Which step would be the one that started the wretched clinking? The answer was 20 feet. We halted as soon as it began. Okay, we still have a decent gap between us and the wall. I looked straight forward and frowned. There was no sign of light or any change. Just us and the darkness. We do, but there hasn't been any change. My mind flashed to the haunted house. This was almost exactly the same. What if... Hey, Amy, what if we crawl? Her weight shifted and I heard her shoes scrape the floor as she turned. Maybe... Like the haunted house? She asked. Her voice sounded quiet and thoughtful. <sighs> Great minds, I said we dropped to the ground and started making our way across the floor. To our relief, the clinking had slowed significantly. The anxiety of the situation was still looming over us, but at least there were over 30 seconds between each clink. After several moments, I started noticing my clothes were getting wet. "'Ew, gross, what the hell?' Amy cried out. "'Yeah, I don't know. I feel it too.' "'Uh, I'd be more worried if you didn't,' she said. After several more feet, the liquid was halfway up to our shoulders. "'Hey, you want to sip for a minute?' I asked. "'Sure, yeah. I could really use a break.' We sat next to each other, shivering in the darkness against the cold stone. We didn't talk for several moments, each of us lost in our own thoughts. Finally, Amy spoke. You know, when I said I wanted to explore the woods, this isn't exactly what I expected. Jesus, this is so fucked. Her voice had taken on a bitter tone. You know that guy from the haunted house? Chris? I didn't know his name until now, but yeah. He warned me about staying away, and said that I wouldn't make it out of here in one piece. Yeah? Yeah? And that would be true if we actually did cross over the fence and had trespassed. How could you have known? This isn't your fault. Her long, stretched out silence said it all. You went, didn't you? She remained silent. Amy, answer me. This time, I didn't feel bad about the anger in my voice. What the fuck were you thinking? Why didn't you say something sooner? You know, after the whole curse thing that was explained to us? Her silence kept stretching on and on until I snapped. God damn it, Amy. I swear to God, if you don't say something right now, if we actually do make it out of here alive, I will never speak to you again." Her quiet sobs didn't have the effect that they normally would, and this time, I wouldn't apologize. Whatever, have it your way. I calmly stood up and started walking. The metal-against-metal chain noise sounded again, this time closer together since I was walking. I heard splashes behind me as Amy caught up. The noise slowed, but not as much as I would have liked. Wait. Travis, she called softly. Let me explain. to show how little sometimes we know about our friends join us in the new year for the last part of the story in our scary stories episode Miss Grey will be returning again next time to join me yes I will auntie and I am super excited to be back I've got a new season for everybody this coming year. Um, I've gotten to take a hiatus and got to really relax and de-stress and more importantly, decompress after the holidays. From Thanksgiving until the new year can be extremely stressful and for a lot of that time, depressing for me. So it's hard to get super motivated, but I'm here now, I'm back, and we're ready to start a new year. As always, you guys, thanks so much for joining us and for joining my auntie Helen. I hope that you enjoy your new and coming year and that you have some goals set and that you're ready to Get those going, and this is going to open a new chapter in your lives. So, take care, Happy New Year, and Auntie Helen, thank you for being here for me. Bah! Don't you get all Nicholas on me. That man still owes me for a lot of things. Oh, Auntie Helen. When are you going to admit that you had a thing for? That's enough, dear. Happy New Year, everybody. And Happy New Year, (laughs) Grey. Happy New Year, Auntie. And as always, yes, as always, pleasant pleasant
1: dreams.
0: dreams. If you enjoyed these incredible artists, I found them on YouTube. The electronica you heard in the middle with the funky rock beat, uh, that was Hollow Sun by Punch Deck. Uh, the song you heard at the end of this podcast is Josh Lippi, The Overtimers. Uh, it is Saint Francis so go check them out. Uh, They put their content out there for free for everyone and I thought let's give them some credit for their awesome sounds. I look forward to seeing you again in the next one. Bye guys!